and welcome to The Pod. I'm Nathan Fink. I'm Jasmine Torres-Allen, and this is New Hampshire Family Now. A show about building family in the Granite State. Today on the show, we welcome guest co-host Kelly Cohen for our Businesses That Build Family segment and discuss how to create safe spaces for employees to thrive. And later, I broadcast live from Family Support New Hampshire Retreat, where everyone gets soaked. (laughs) New Hampshire Family Now is brought to you by the New Hampshire Charitable Foundation. Since 1962, the Charitable Foundation has worked hand-in-hand with generous and visionary citizens to maximize the power of giving and support, collaborate, and lead innovative initiatives. Initiatives like New Hampshire Tomorrow, which is focused on making sure children and families have access to education, health care, and career pathways to ensure every family member thrives. To learn more about New Hampshire Charitable Foundation and all their initiatives, go to www. NHCF.org. This podcast was also brought to you by Family Support New Hampshire. Family Support New Hampshire is NH's coalition of family resource centers and family strengthening programs that exist to ensure Granite State families have access to resources so both caregivers and children can succeed because supported families are strong families. To find a family resource center near you, visit www.fsnh.org. So that's what happens in my sweat class. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> hello and welcome to the podcast. Co-host Jasmine has the day off, so I'm thrilled to welcome guest co-host Kelly Cohen of Cohen Closing and Title, who year after year received multiple business awards, including the Business Excellence Award and NH Best Companies to Work For. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And I did, uh, ironically, I was wondering if you were hiring because I brought a, <laughs> a resume. So we, some time ago, we started this segment called the businesses that build family because it became apparent as apparent to me that I spend the majority of my time at work. Right. And I just want to start this with, you know, your perspective. What do you think the role of work is in your family's life? Oh, that's a great question. And I think this topic is one that has to be spoken more of, build more awareness and education, because the truth is holistically, so much of our life, like you said, is at work. And so much of that bleeds into who we are and how we interact with our family. Right. I, I don't think you can be one person at work and one person at, at, at personal life. Now, maybe in a little bit of a chance, right? Yeah. But for the majority of times, if you're having a great day at work, that becomes a great day with your family and vice versa. So I think that it's really important that the culture in which you have in your space, in your work professional life is one that is safe, inspiring, empowering, and it brings out the best in all of us. That doesn't happen every hour of every day. Um, I've always said that I wanted to create something where people pulled into the parking lot and if they had to be there for whatever it is, four, six, eight hours, they were like, okay, I'm psyched to be here. I'm psyched to pull into this spot. I'm psyched to get my lunch out. I'm psyched to see my coworkers and see how their weekend was or excited to tackle the day with them together. Myself, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to pulling into an office space where you get that pit in your stomach and you don't necessarily want to walk in. And that is something that will carry into how you feel at home, how you get out of the door and how you put yourself back in the door. So it's really important that your professional life, your career, that it brings out the best in you so that you can be the best version of yourself professionally. And of course, personally. I guess this is because I've had to like crash Mm -hmm. through life through doing it almost incorrectly, even though I'm not a big fan of incorrect, Right. but I've had to crash into those perspectives. So on one level, I want to know when you reflect on your own life, 
How did you arrive at that perspective? Mm, Okay. Great question. So for years, I tried to separate it so much so that I thought I needed to be businesswoman Kelly in the office. And then I needed to go home and be mom Kelly, wife Kelly, and try to separate the two. So much so that I think I did my children a little bit of a disservice because I didn't show them the the trials and the trouble sometimes that happen with either owning a business or working in general, having a career, having a a profession, I would sort of get in the driveway and be like, okay, take a deep breath, set all that side behind you and and walk in the door. But the truth is, I don't think that's fair or right or real for our children and our partners not to see what we might be dealing with. So I would say I had a shift in perspective where I realized I was trying to separate it so much so that I wasn't being honest with my family on sometimes days are tough. And sometimes it's hard to own a business. It's hard to be in an industry. It's hard to, you know, have a certain career and you need to come home and have your family to be your support system to say, Hey guys, I need a couple minutes. Mom's going to get her work clothes off and get into some comfy sweats because it has been a day. Not all days are easy, right? It's almost like you're teaching mental toughness and you're teaching realness. And I think that if your kids see you be honest about that, that's real. Yeah, it is real. And it happens, right? Because there's a couple of things that I'm hearing, uh, one of which is figuring out how to be you as a caretaker is critically important because the other thing I'm hearing and I'm flashing back to, you know, what is this idea of separation or balance meant separation, but to get to separation, I have to be someone else. Right. Right. right, But now what I'm hearing is, look, there is no separation from who you are No, So you have to actually lean into it. Which then goes back to the, the point where it really matters what you're spending your time doing in your professional life. It does. Because if you're not doing something that brings out the best in you the majority of time, then you're doing something that brings out the worst in you. Or if you take a look at your strengths and weaknesses and, you know, all of a sudden you're in a place in your career where you're spending too much time doing things you're weak at, that's not going to make you feel confident and empowered and excited about what you do. Right. And it's important that you find a place, whether it's an industry, a profession and a company that brings those strengths out more so than the weaknesses and that you do feel good about what you're doing. Now, if you have time, I feel like I'm hiring a life coach and I really want you to be... The idea that you can whoop this into shape is funny to me well, too. It's funny you say that too. I will, I will touch on that. So before I put a leadership team in place at Cohen, which means that I have leads in different departments, I did hire a life coach for my team because I knew that I couldn't be there for each one of them as we were growing um, and as we were taking over market share and growing offices and the company itself was growing. But I wanted to make sure that my people had the opportunity to have some somebody that they could go to to talk about how to be the best versions of themselves, right? And find themselves in the best roles within the company. So I did have a life coach for quite a few years that my team had access to once a month that I think was a wonderful way to provide a, a necessary tool for my team that I personally couldn't keep providing as the years grew. Yeah. And now that we have the team leads, that's part of their role to be a coach for the entire team and all the partners so they have somebody that they can go to, you know, to make sure that they're in the best possible place in the organization. Now, are there other strategies from the business leader perspective to help those, you know, in your organization 
develop other mechanisms for balancing. One thing that I started in COVID, so back up a little bit, we used to be, obviously we started with just myself and then there was like three of us and then there were six of us and we were all in the same office together and through the growth of the company. And then also when COVID hit and we all went remote, that was a very big shift for the organization because now all of a sudden we were having to talk to each other via Zoom. We were having to pick up the phone. We were texting. We weren't kind of all walking in together at 830 like, hey, how was your week? End, you know, but in some ways it made me realize how much the connection, the human connection is so important mm-hmm. to the success of us as individuals, as well as the organization. Right. So whether, whether it's happy hour calls over zoom or it is department meetings, it's crucial. I think that you have a routine that's consistent with your one-on-ones with your partners. Each department has a, a meeting, whether that is weekly, whether that's bi-weekly, monthly, that can change and fluctuate given the different markets that we're in Mm -hmm. and what's happening with the industry. But it's that connection that even people working remotely crave that you want to make sure you're allowing that to foster and the relationships that team members can have with each other, even if they don't sit next to each other, right? And maybe they are one in Vermont and one in Florida, but they can still have an amazing connection. You have to create that and you have to work hard at it. Um, One thing I started was our Friday morning uh, motivational emails and, 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 and videos. Right. So sometimes I create it. Most of the stuff I steal from other people. Mm -hmm. You know, every Friday I try to reflect on what our team tackled through the week professionally, or sometimes I try to bring in some things that I dealt with maybe personally that other folks can relate to. And then each Friday morning is a theme of what we can kind of do to, you know, keep focused and keep, um, you know, moving forward. A couple of things. One, the idea of creating place safe spaces within your environment, you know, your business that you are actually working to create that. Yeah. And then the other thing is what I'm hearing is vulnerable leadership mm-hmm. because you're saying, look, this is happening to me. I'm going to yeah. show you. Absolutely. So that we all can relate to each other in different aspects. And I think that to those two points, you know, being vulnerable, being honest and being real, that's what allows for the truest, authentic relationships that you can have with the people that mm-hmm. work with you. And then from our perspective, we're a service-based organization. So that allows us to have those connections with, you know, buyers and sellers that are counting on us to handle their closing. And of course, the referral partners, real estate agents and loan officers that are counting on us to do a really good job for their clients. I don't think you can do that without having real, honest authenticity where if we make a mistake, we're going to own it and and help each other to move past that and do a better job next time. Secret pleasure in owning your mistakes that I'm finding that that idea that you're like, you know what? This is where I went wrong. Mm-hmm. This is what I think I can do. Absolutely. Now you seem to me to have your batteries at full charge. Oh, uh, yeah, but it depletes. So how? We got to do a jump start. We got to get the, the, the machines out. I don't even know what that's called. But the- what do you do to get that jolt back? Everybody's different right? One of the biggest things is finding what recharges you. Mm -hmm. What recharges me won't be what recharges you or somebody else. And it's important that people find what recharges them and be really honest about that, right? Because I'm a firm believer that if I'm not the best version of myself, then I'm not going to be able to give to myself. I'm not going to be able to give to my husband, to my children, to my company, to the people that work for me, to the people that are counting on us to do their closings really well. So there's a lot of things I 
have to do that will recharge me when the battery is like, hey, hey, we're malfunctioning. You need to take some time. Mm-hmm. I do different things, whether it's yoga, swimming, um, whether it's working out with a trainer, working out with a group of people. I tend to do a couple of days a week with people and then a couple of days a week where I have to just be by myself. It's me. It's a podcast. It's me and music. Um, it's me walking my dog. Um, but that for me is something I have to have in my lifestyle every day. I just need to move whatever that looks like. I also love a morning routine that sets you up for success for the day. Right. So I have um, a journey to the heart book, which is a little passage that gives you some inspiration each morning of which to kind of start your day. Mm -hmm. Um, I also read it out loud to my, my boys and husband, nobody listens. They don't listen. They just, they humor me. (laughs) I'm more focused on wanting people to just always know that like whatever place you are in life, if it's working, that's awesome and and keep that happening. But if you also find yourself at a place where it's not working and you feel like it's you're not living your most authentic self or the best version of yourself, don't be afraid to make a change and don't be afraid to take risks and don't be afraid to lean on your family and your friends and the people that support you. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes we can live in fear and doubt of what the unknown can be, but the unknown can be really, really cool and exciting and empowering and and terrifying and all those things that just make us us so yeah kelly it's been excellent talking to you today thank you so much for coming on the show and when we come back i record live from the fsnh annual retreat where we talk to family resource center leaders and staff about their commitment to new hampshire families don't go anywhere Today's episode was brought to you by Upreach Therapeutic Equestrian Center. Located in Goffstown, New Hampshire, Upreach partners with the power of horse to create strong children, strong families, and strong communities. To learn more about Upreach Therapeutic Equestrian Center and its many inspirational programs, visit upreachtec.org. That's upreachtec.org. Today's show was also brought to you by Burgu Media, a full-service media company dedicated to helping nonprofits realize impact stories for print, video, social and legacy media, and more. Both budget-conscious and grant-friendly, Burgu Media helps your organization celebrate the humans in human services. Learn more at burgumedia.com. Hey, it's Nathan, co-host of New Hampshire Family Now. I wanted to take a quick break from the show because it occurred to me that I've never asked you to subscribe to this podcast. Subscribing is free, and when you do it, it helps our placement algorithms, making it that much easier for caregivers across New Hampshire to find valuable information and strategies for their families. Also, you'll be alerted when a new episode drops. And if you like the show, leaving a review helps us that much more. So go to wherever you get your podcast, type in New Hampshire Family Now, and as the kids say, smash that subscribe button. I say click it because if you smash it, then you're going to need a new one. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm recording live from the Family Support New Hampshire retreat, where as a network, we're reaffirming our commitment to Granite State children and families. And staff are coming from all over New Hampshire to talk about the work that is building family strength and resilience and why it matters to all of us. <laughs> We're just going to start with your name mm-hmm. and then your org- the organization you work for. Kathy Livingston. I'm the director of the Family Connections Resource Center at Children Unlimited. Now, mm-hmm. I am Margaret Nelson. 
I work for the River Center Family and Community Resource Center. Amy Stahl. I am the director of TLC Early Learning Center of Salem Family Resources. Melissa Huguenar, director of Early Childhood and Family Support Programs at Waypoint. Brenda Gugisberg. I am with the Upper Room Family Resource Center. And Barry. Right now? Right now. My name is Tara Felice, and I work with Community Action Partnership of Shafford County. Michelle Lennon, Archways. Ooh, that was very direct. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what is it about helping families, building resilience? Why this work for you? Um, I've lived it, right? My parents, I grew up in a family when my parents did foster care and adoption and saw a lot of um, repercussions of early childhood trauma in my siblings and um, watched my parents try to do everything they could to kind of right the kidship, so to speak. And as I got older and realized that equity is really a thing, you know, a child who starts behind in kindergarten tends to stay behind in life. Um, so, so when I look back at my life, like I got involved in family supports, you know, I did a lot of volunteer work and stuff when my kids were little and my son had some diagnosed disabilities and kind of the same thing. If you put somebody in a box, it's hard for them to get out of it. It is so uplifting. It gives me joy. It gives me happiness. It is just a, a completion. It's a relationship with people on such a foundational level. Because I feel deeply that... Supporting families is so important. Nobody goes at this by themselves. We need each other and we need to know where to go when we need some help. I think that especially nowadays, too, with a lot of the mental health issues that are happening and helping them with their social emotional development and getting them resources now to help later. Why do you do this work? That's a good question. Uh, I started in the field of early childhood right out of college, working as a pediatric occupational therapist. So I have always been drawn to working with children. And then over time, that scope of working directly with children to working with children as a part of a family unit and then looking at it even broader as a part of a family unit, as a part of a community, as a part of society has grown over the 30 years that I've been in this field. It's a personal thing for me. Yeah. My biggest goal in my life personally has been to become a generational cycle breaker and I want that for others too, because it's prevalent. It's like just over and over, people are repeating the same things over and over again. And then it goes, trickles down to their children. I want to help people to stop that. And I think that when people are given an opportunity to be met where they are and to be walked with, they make the greatest change. And that's what I see Family Resource Centers doing. They are there when people are at a point in life. And if the tides align, then some great things happen. But to your mind, what does strength and resilience in a family actually look like? It looks like they are doing what they need to do for their family, and it can look very different for each family. But they are able to have joy together, do activities together, and just be complete. The first thing that I look at is that a family just has confidence. Like they feel like they've got this. They feel like they know what they're doing. If they don't know what they're doing, they know who they can go to. They're comfortable asking for help. Kind of a, a breath of, all right, we're in a good place. Like we've got this covered, even if there are challenges happening in the family. Strengths for me, I think for families is when they recognize their own capacity, when they see within themselves the skills and the knowledge and the bandwidth to deal with the things that are in front of them. And 
they execute that and see the successes of it. <laughs> you weren't going to prepare me for this one. No, it looks a lot like it's it's not ever having a destination. It's kind of like how you get through those challenging moments. We're always going to be faced with challenges, but it's like our resiliency is what gets us through and prepares us for the bigger stuff. One of the things that I used to think is that you were born with resilience. And what I realized is that's not true, that, that resilience are stacked skills put to work. When I think of resilience, it's like, okay, you can bounce back from things if you have the skills to do it. And knowing where resources are, you're not born with that knowledge. Family resilience is being able to pick up the pieces and move on to face the unexpected with whatever. We we never know what's going to sideswipe us. And so being able to call a friend, problem solve, figure out a strategy, it's going to be different for every person, every family, but we know that the unexpected will happen. We know the car will not run. We know that the child will get sick. Being able to think it through, have others to support us, that's what family resilience is all about. Then if you think about your organization, why is a network of organizations like yours working together important to create the thing that you just described? Well, just like a family needs other people to um, lean on, uh, organizations also need to have other organizations that do similar work. Because no one organization or one entity can be all things for all people and do everything. And we talk about that at Waypoint all the time. We're a really large organization. We have our hands in a lot of different types of programs. But even we will sit there and say, we can't be all things to all people. We can't solve all the problems. Right. It is important because together we can problem solve and think about how we support these families. We may cross over each other's lines of expertise. We may um, utilize each other's strengths to build capacity within our own organizations. We learn from one another, certainly. And as a whole, the state becomes healthier because there's a stronger system that works within the other systems, schools, police. Because the communication, getting ideas from people, getting resources to the families. So you need to lean on other organizations. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's my level of supports, my professional supports. It's who I lean into, who I ask questions to, because I don't know everything. And so what I learn up here, I can bring down to my assistants and my supervisors, and then they give it to their staff, and then their staff brings it to the families, and then the families bring it to their children. It's so important because families can and move from one place to another. So no matter where a family is in New Hampshire, they're going to have the same support. You know, you can be in Laconia and 10 miles up the road, you're in Tilton and it's a completely different culture. So you've been here for a couple of days. You've been seeing other, you know, your colleagues from other organizations. You've been talking to them and you've been doing these exercises. What was your favorite one? My favorite was the forest bathing. Yeah. My personality type and just kind of who I am. I have a hard time staying, being present in the moment. Right. I am constantly thinking ahead. What do I need to do next? What, what's going to happen tomorrow and planning and preparing and to be just pulling all of that back and just saying, you know what, I'm here right now and this is what matters in this moment. And it's so important to do that. And I lose that sometimes. Yeah. It was so incredibly beneficial to me. The, for, the forest bathing, although I think it needs a better name. <laughs> I, I, I slowed down, which is very hard for me to do these days is slow down things. You know, I'm always going, going, going. And then we went right into the water thing, which the plumbing. Was that your least favorite one? I was at the bottom. <laughs> I'm 
bottom's the place to be. Personally, I like the give me a task and let me solve a problem type of things. So the activities we were just doing, you know, working together as a team. This reminds me of my childhood so much. Oh, I'm in the circle. It was so much fun. There was so much, we were just laughing. And I think we were all just like together and trying to figure it out together and just being joyful. <laughs> just committing. Oh, so close, so close, so close. That's it. Which one was your favorite and why? I can't, you know, I can't answer that. I have a bad knee. Walking anywhere is painful, <laughs> you know. Well, just being with people. I love being with this group of people. And a very special thank you to Liz Scruton, Children's Trust Early Childhood Initiatives Director, as well as Jamie Heward Ramos, Program Administrative Coordinator, for organizing such a wonderful retreat. Many thanks to the Samuel P. Hunt Foundation for sponsoring this podcast. Established in 1951, Samuel P. Hunt Foundation is a Manchester-based, independent nonprofit that provides grants primarily for the arts, children and youth services, faith-based organizations, educational institutions, healthcare, and human services. This podcast was brought to you by Nixon Peabody, who delivers exceptional legal services for clients in the community by combining high performance, an entrepreneurial spirit, deep engagement, and an unwavering commitment to a culture of collaboration, diversity, and humanity. Nixon Peabody works with universities, hospitals, and nonprofits of every size to maximize impact. For more information, visit nixonpeabody.com. Today's show was also brought to you by Merrimack County Savings Bank, who proudly supports the mission and efforts of New Hampshire Children's Trust. Found in 1867, Merrimack has served people, businesses, nonprofits, and municipalities in central and southern New Hampshire for over 155 years by treating everyone with care, respect, and compassion. Visit your local offices in Bow, Concord, Kentuckook, Hookset, and Nashua, or go to www.themerrimack.com. New Hampshire Family Now is listed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and more. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or ask your smart speaker to play New Hampshire Family Now.